You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron and with me is Brian. Hey everybody. What's up, Brian? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm okay. You know, we... um, we just started a new series here on the podcast. Yes, we did. Talking about the gospel and how we how we teach it to different age groups. And so last week we talked about preschoolers and um, and how and how and why we teach these big concepts of the Christian faith. Um, and we started with this idea really of a framework from which we we teach everything this idea of orthodoxy so right thinking um orthopathy right right feeling and orthopraxy right right doing yeah um so how does the gospel shape our our thoughts our our love and our lives um which is which is pretty cool um, to think about it that way um so today we want to continue that idea by going to the next the next level so building on that foundation that foundational piece of what do we teach the youngest people in our church what do we do with a with our elementary age kids kids. so um and and this is kind of cool because we move from with that age group where we have a we have a really exciting opportunity because we don't just have to stick with basic concepts we get to show them how things work together yeah i think and we have to keep in mind as well we're we're taking kids really broadly we're going to do an episode on preteens next we're going to pull them out aside you may have been expecting teenagers next yeah but we're going to do one on preteens but even so we're talking about like first graders through fourth or fifth grade that's still a really wide developmental spectrum it is it is and so uh, if you for example, are a first grade teacher, you are going to kind of interpret what you're hearing on this episode a little bit differently than a fourth grade teacher. However, I think there are, are basic truths that transcend all of those age groups and that those development, developmental differences. And, it, and it's this. Again, as you said, preschoolers, and we talked about last episode, you're, you're getting big ideas and you can kind of do them kind of one at a time. You can kind of talk about God's love. You can talk about sin and and you can do those one at a time and it's enough for them to chew. They're very concrete thinkers. So you don't want to go too complex. Yeah. Kids though, what we need to do now is we continue to build and present new ideas and, and, and orthodoxy of course. But the difference here is we're tying them together. Right. We're now giving a framework, a foundational framework to understand. So we're not keeping these in isolation, but we're showing how they fit together. So this is where if you've done uh, done it well for a preschooler and a preschooler understands that God loves them and that they're a sinner, this is where as a child now we can tie that together much more beautifully pointing to the gospel. That what God has done for you in Christ because of your sin to make you, you know, to forgive your sin and bring you relationship with him. This is where those ideas, those, those connecting threads, what I really consider the really fun part to teach as we teach God's word. That's where this really starts to race the surface. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Brian, let's get a little more brass tacks on this maybe. And, um, do you guys use that statement down here? 
Um, I don't use it, but I know it. Okay, that's good. That's good. I So listeners, in case it hasn't come out in my accent recently, don't forget, I'm Canadian. So I sometimes say things that don't make sense. Once so, in a while. Every once in a while. I'll, uh, I'll use a phrase. That, but I'm not Canadian and I do that. Too, so. That's true. That's true. So, so anyway, let's 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 get a little more practical. So, how? So, walk me through what this looks like. Well, I think again, we're biased on this. Yes, but I think we're biased in the right direction. I hope so. We've got to teach the Bible as a story. Yes, we have to teach it as one big story, and this is the advantage with taking a chronological approach through studying God's Word and teaching God's Word. It allows us to do this. And so we start early in that story, for example, with creation in Genesis 1 and 2. You think about the meta-narrative of Scripture, creation. We see in there such critical concepts that we're created in God's image, why we're created in God's image, what our, what our purpose is to bring Him glory and so forth. Uh, we, we even back up a step before that, we can talk about how God is triune in nature. Uh, kids can handle that. Again, we won't be able to explain it fully because we don't even understand it fully but kids are old enough to start understanding and interacting with the triune nature of god and that's important of course because the triune nature of god reminds us that god is relational he has always been relational always loved within himself and that is the overflow unto us he he created us to bring us into that and so you start getting these ideas and then you get to sin the fall and then you keep going through the Old Testament, you see over and over again, man continued to go deeper and deeper into sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they tried to be right with God, they failed over and over again. And so it's a sad story. Yeah. But at the same time, through the Old Testament, we see over and over again this, these, these messages of hope from God. What you cannot do, I will do. I will provide the way, the one and only way, mm-hmm. meaning Christ and, of course, redemption, and then you go into the New Testament epistles, for example, Acts and the Epistles, where we see gospel transformation. Yeah. We see this, this as we're talking about, think about the book of Romans. Paul spends 12 chapters talking about orthodoxy, and then he gets to orthopraxis at the end. So mm-hmm. right living follows right belief. Yep. So you see this over and over again. The, 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 the book of Acts and the Epistles are all about reminding us that God changes us through the power of the gospel, through the Holy Spirit's work in us, and of course, redemption, I mean, uh, the reconciliation when, when Christ returns. Yeah. So that's the big narrative. So what we want to do is wherever we're teaching, we want to help our kids see how it fits in that framework and how it ties together. Yeah, That absolutely. was a long explanation. It is, it is, but it's but it's a necessary one because, I mean, like, like what we, we can often do with preschoolers, it's really easy to think that with our elementary age kids that they can't handle big concepts. They can't handle big truths. They can't handle complicated subject matter. But I mean, the fact is, is if you look at the shows that that we all let let our kids watch, they can handle a lot. And if we've been encouraging them to read their Bibles, if we've been encouraging them to read good books, they're being, they're encountering complicated subject matter all the time. Um, we just don't always recognize it that so way. So we still need to be careful with our terminology because they still are concrete thinkers. Oh, of course. Kids. Of course. So we have to be careful, and that's why we have to unpack. If, if we have to use uh, a terminology, and I do believe we have to use terminology sometimes that is not mm-hmm. as concrete, just, just define it. Um, I wouldn't shy away from it. Just be careful to define it. Yeah, exactly. 
but yeah, th- th- this is the this is the truth. The same thing we said about preschoolers, of course, applies to kids. They yes. can handle a lot more than we think. And 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 I'm often to tell people, you know, remind them of Deuteronomy Deuteronomy six, where God told the Israelite parents to teach their kids God's word, the scriptures. Yes. The law. Now, think about it. What did they have then? They did not have the easy, quote unquote, easy stories of, you know, Jesus feeding the 5,000 and, you know, the, the, the safer. They had the fall. They had Cain bludgeoning Abel. They had, you know, flood. They had, they had hundreds upon hundreds of very specific rules and yeah. regulations about how to and not to live. In, including some that kind of make us turn red in the face a little bit as we read them. A little bit. Um, talk about some cleanliness issues and so forth. And, and some who and who you should not be spending some time with. Some, yeah, and, some adult time. Yep. Um, so, um, you know, there's just a lot there. And, and so here's my contention. If God told the Israelite parents... Mm-hmm to teach his word to their kids, and he knew all that was there, and he believed they could handle it, why does he think we could not handle it today? Does, does, I mean, do we really think we have a, a leg to stand on by going to God and say, yeah, but my kids are too fragile? So, you know, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, it is one of those things that maybe, as we think about this, you know, one of the responses may actually need to be repentance on our parts. It, it may be. And, and for, for not giving, well, one, yeah. for thinking that we are, um, that we know better than our creator does <laughs> on some things, which, I mean, we all do this at, at certain yeah. points or another, but, one, but two, for not giving our kids enough credit. Yeah. And not giving them what they need. That's right. So. And, and, and we need to be sensitive here and careful and understand. Yeah. I think most parents do it and teachers as well. Let's, yeah. let's bring them into it. Totally. At, out of genuine concern, they, they're they're doing what they believe is best, right? And 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 that's a really great point because the the heart of the the matter is how do is the idea the 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 desire to communicate things in an age appropriate way. So there is certain subject matter that's just too big, yeah, for kids at a certain time. Like so, with my kids, for example. We don't re- like. We have started talking a little bit about finances with them, but we don't go to the same level with each yeah. one of them, and we don't go through the whole process of. You're not doing macro and microeconomics. No, 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 no. We're more like, okay, so we can't. We can do this because we have this money available for yeah. it. Um, if we don't have this money for it, then we can't do this. Um, we've also had to introduce things like, here's like, when you do this, this, when you do X, Y, Z, this is a frustration point for me because what it says is that you is, and is you don't appreciate the work that I do Hmm. to be able to earn the money with which. I get to purchase ABC, yeah. <laughs> you know, so things like that. And I had that conversation recently with one of my kids and it sunk in, <laughs> in a different way than just saying, could you stop doing that please? Yeah. Um, but doing it in, but trying to do it in an, a, an appropriate way that it's like, 
you know, not the you're wasting my money conversation. Yeah. Um, Cause that's how you have that conversation with that voice. <laughs> exactly. That exact voice. <laughs> that's right. Um, you sound like you've been smoking a pack of cigarettes right before um, at or the same during. time yeah. or during. Um, yeah. Don't smoke <laughs> just in general. Don't, but um but I mean, one of the one of the things that's really cool, though, is is when you start connecting the dots with kids, when you start stringing truths together, when you help them see how one how one thing leads to the other, um, you get to have really really great conversations yes. with them. And so, one of my favorite times with that actually recently was because um, I teach in I teach in elementary ages mm-hmm. at my church. Um, and and it's super fun because we get to talk. We had one day where, um, I still don't remember how we got there, but we ended up having a full discussion about the Trinity. Nice. And and it was one of the kids. Go get my stamp of approval. I know okay. it was one of the kids who brought it up though, because we were talking about we were talking about how I remember now. It's because we were talking about the the big que- the big picture question. Um, that we had in that week's session of the gospel project. And it was, how is Jesus different? Hmm. And the answer is because Jesus is both God and man. And so that led to this discussion on the Trinity. And that was really interesting to be able to walk them through this and be able to tell them as, and as simply as we could which is really hard because the way we try to make things simple is we use analogies. Yeah. The problem is there's no analogy for the Trinity. Don't use analogies for the Trinity. Just don't go there. Now, we have friends, dear friends um, of the Gospel Project and, and us personally who would disagree with us on that. So we're just saying that from our perspective as individuals, analogies generally don't work they fall apart too easily yeah too easily but um and, and yeah i'll just get on the soapbox yeah, yeah, yeah. for a second and yeah yeah and, let's and do that practice the problem is when we try to use an analogy to explain the trinity our desire is to fully explain it and we cannot instead we need to let that kid rest in the tension of the trinity yes just like we need to live in the tension of the trinity exactly so a, an analogy in my estimation is simply an attempt to remove what should exist tension, tension. yeah i think that's fair I think that's fair. So, um, and this is part of the fun of kids ministry is yes. you, there's a lot of tension there. Yeah. And, and that's, a, uh, I'll take this opportunity as well. Yeah. Speaking to kids leaders right now, yeah. speaking to parents, never be afraid to say, I don't know. Never be afraid to say, I don't understand this. If you were presenting the Bible to your kids as if you have it all figured out, they're going to assume it is possible to figure it all out. And when they rub shoulders with something they cannot figure out, they're going to feel like a failure. They're going to be confused. We have got to give them permission early on to understand that God is bigger than we are and there's so much we will never understand. Although it's awfully fun and meaningful to strive to try to understand it as best we can. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, I'm off my soapbox. No, no, I, but I mean, just to, to tie that, tie a bow on that one, um, I think the, the best is oh, that, again, tag teaming. Yeah, I tag teaming. There we go. In, I tag you back in the All ring. All right, that's good. But I'm but, getting a bottle of water. <laughs> um, what we want to do is we want kids to understand 
uh, we want kids to know that there are definite things that they can understand Mm -hmm. and we should, and that we all can understand and we should aim to understand those things as fully as possible. But we also need them to, we also need to give them the space to embrace the mystery elements that there are things we don't understand that we won't understand until we are standing with Jesus in the new creation. And there are some things that even then we will never understand because even in the new creation, we will still be finite. Yes. And being finite people means that we have limits. Yes. Limits are not bad. And a limit just cannot understand the limitless. Correct. That's just correct. There's and, and, yeah. and, and there's beauty. This is the yeah. thing. As as I get older, as I learn and grow slowly and painfully, I'm learning to see the beauty in that which I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it used to frustrate me, and it still frustrates frustrates me to a degree, of course. But yeah. but there's beauty. In it. There's beauty in this idea of the Trinity. Yeah. As 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 nebulous as it is in my understanding, it's beautiful to picture. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, eternally coexisting, three persons in one. There, there's this beauty in that. There's right. beauty in knowing that God is so much bigger and grander than I can ever imagine. Absolutely. It is a wonderful thing. And that's what we want our kids and, to grasp. Yeah. yeah, and that gets us back to, and that gets See us how back. I did that? Well done. Are, well done. And okay. that's what actually gets us back Hold on, to. Let me, let me hurt that, myself patting myself on the back. Okay. Okay. All right. Hold you, a muscle. you can repent of that later. All right. So. Go ahead. Um, but this this again this 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 takes us shows us how right away how orthodoxy leads to orthopathy. Yes. So we get from so our right thinking leads to right feelings. So we should so our thinking acknowledging the fact that we can't understand something should lead us to delight in that in yeah. the mystery of that thing where there is a legitimate place to yeah. delight in a legitimate mystery. Yes. Um, yeah, different than delighting in ignorance. Yes. So well said. <laughs> thank you. So, um, and as a dad, one of the great things that I love is watching my kids wrestle with yeah. those questions and deal and and try to try to come to grips with them. Um, you know, and we deal with we've done big thing big questions like. You know, well, if God made everything and God is in control of everything, then why does why does why does sin happen? Why do we, people- we we've tackled the well? Then did God create evil? We yeah. tackled that one in my home, and there's been a little bit of that, yeah. and it's like, nope. But why? I have no idea. Here's what we know. Yep. <laughs> let's camp it on what we know. Exactly. This is what we don't know. And let's rest in that. Exactly. And it's and it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. Just like how it's okay to say um, when you when you deal with say a question like, um, is is God is God sovereign over everything? Is he in control of everything, or do human choices matter? The answer yes. is yes. We don't try to. We don't try to um, make an make a false either or with our kids. We just tell them the truth. Yes, God is in control of all things. Yeah. Yes, the things we do matter. Was it Spurgeon who said you don't reconcile friends? Yeah, in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They. That's the thing. They're not. They're not enemies. No. They're not opposed to one another. Um, just like how how if God is in control of all things 
he's in control of the means uh, by yeah. which he uses uh, exactly. for all of his purposes. And, and you know, getting it back once again because yeah. that's my sorry, we're rabbit trailing. That's my spiritual gift of bringing us back on topic. You know, I appreciate that. Um, this is yeah. This these are the things that our kids are are old enough to begin to understand. Especially again, as you go through that age, especially if you're dealing with fourth grade or sixth yeah. graders or whatever. Man, they can really grasp these things, and they need to grasp these yes. things. We we can't keep treating our kids as preschoolers and just giving them ideas in isolation. And hoping they make sense out of it, or hoping you know somehow it mysteriously comes and gels in their minds and hearts. Yeah, man, this is if you're a kids leader, I really want to implore you take full advantage of this opportunity God has given you, this ministry He's called you to, and and understand that you have a unique ability to do this because kids as well are so open. They are so open to these things, and so you have a you have this window of time. Where these kids are open, they're able to understand these, and you can lay this foundation for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. by connecting threads, by stretching yourself and stretching them. That, I believe, is a, a kid's ministry or parenting done well. Absolutely. And that is a great place for us to leave this conversation for today. But next time, we will address the gospel in preteens. Yeah, those little tweeners. That's true. That's where one of my kids is. That's oh, where yeah. one of yep. yours is too. Yeah. So it's it's a scary time. It is. It's a scary time. But uh, until next time, thanks for listening to the Hero of the Story. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and the series so far. And, um, you know, if you're you're enjoying the podcast, we would love it if you would leave a rating and review on iTunes, preferably a positive one, um, because that really truly does help people find the show. And we do have feelings. And we do have feelings. We, you know... We have we have right feelings of our own, and sometimes we have wrong feelings too. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, often, often wrong feelings, but uh, yeah. <laughs> depends on how cranky I am. Yeah, All depends right. on what my last meal was. There you go. Um, so you're doing okay right now? I am. I'm not hangry. Okay, that's okay. good. All right. Uh, <laughs> Bring us back on topic. So if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and review, we would surely appreciate that. Um, Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project, a family of resources revealing how all Scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.